This is a Cherish podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Boudreau. I'll be taking you for an inside look behind the glamorous facade of the interior design industry. At a time when every aspect of the business, from sourcing to trends to marketing to dealing with clients, is undergoing rapid change. It always surprised me over the years to learn how many interior designers had worked for Ralph Lauren at one point or other in their careers. Whether it's designers on store display with client services on the fashion side or even as retail associates. So many of the most talented designers I encountered had worked for the firm that I began to think that the company was running the Ralph Lauren University of Interior Design. If nothing else, the firm has a stellar HR department with a real eye for talent. This fall marks the 40th anniversary of Ralph Lauren Home, and to celebrate the occasion, Rizzoli has just published a lavish book featuring all of Ralph Lauren's homes, from New York to Jamaica to Colorado, as well as a history of his home collection products and ad campaigns. So this seemed the perfect moment to look at Ralph's influence on interior design and how he has tapped into such a diverse range of styles, yet always remains quintessentially Ralph. I am lucky to have with me today three stellar graduates of RLU to share their experiences working for Ralph Lauren, their thoughts on how he attracts and retains top talent, and how he has managed to succeed in home when so many other fashion designers have failed. First up is Eldecor A-list and AD100 designer Joy Moyler. In addition to her stint at Ralph, Joy has worked for several major architectural firms, Terry Despont, who sadly recently died, and she was head U.S. designer for the Giorgio Armani Interior Design Studio. Her own work is influenced by her love of textiles, color, and pattern, and her rooms are filled with the kind of bespoke details often found in haute couture and the finest men's haberdashery. And she currently writes a column for Veranda Magazine. Welcome, Joy. Hello, Michael. Thank you for having me. Mark Cunningham established his firm in 2005, following a 15-year tenure at Ralph Lauren. Mark's masterfully layered interiors and updated takes on classicism have put him on the best designer list of El Decor, AD, and Lux. In 2019, Mark launched Marked, a line of select furniture pieces he designed, woven and printed textiles, and vintage decor found objects and art. Hello, Mark. Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me. New York-based designer Jenny Wolf draws inspiration from her southern roots and her travels in creating her vibrant, layered rooms. After several years at Ralph Lauren, where she worked in retail development and visual merchandising, she attended Parsons and opened her own firm in 2011. Her work has since been featured in virtually every shelter magazine. She was placed on Lux Magazine's gold list and was named one of traditional homes' top 10 new traditionals. She also operates a retail store, The Huntress, New York, in Pound Ridge. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you, Michael, for having me. So I would love to get a sense from each of you what you did at Ralph Lauren, how you started there, and what you actually did, and for how long you were there. So, Joy, why don't we start with you? Uh, I started at Ralph Lauren in 1998, and I was there for seven years as a project manager working on domestic stores, uh, doing design work. And because I just loved everything I was doing, I would sort of ask if I could rig mannequins and help with 
visual merchandising and essentially whatever else I can do just because I enjoyed it and I enjoyed working across various creative platforms while I was there. Uh, so it was just a wonderful opportunity to work within different regions within the country domestically. So you travel. I travel. Yeah, and it was mm-hmm. wonderful. And I think the best part of the travel opportunity was that the teams had such great time together. And so if wherever we were, we just would have a blast. I don't know if we should say that, but it was always so much fun. You know, we had a car, we stayed in the greatest hotels and we had wonderful dinners and lunches. And, you know, we would work till two in the morning if we needed to during installs and openings to get the store where it needed to be. Later, if Alfredo walked through and we needed to do a even more tweaking, which is always great fun as well. But it was always just an extremely creative environment to be around, which just really made me look forward to to being there every day. Right. So when you say Alfredo, you're referring to Alfredo Paredes, right? Correct. Yes, was, I am. He, I, he was in charge of, I guess, everything. Yeah, creative director, store development across the board. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I also got to work with Donald Nowicki, who was the art curator, who was always a blast and a great friend as well. Right. Karen Elliott, the whole team was just amazing. Mark, you know, all these guys, you you don't keep them in the box. They do what they do, you know, and there's so much to be learned through osmosis and just from being in the room with such incredibly talented people that I I miss it to this day, frankly. I really do. Well, I was going to ask how he manages to retain such great talent, but I think maybe you've already answered that question, Joy. Um, Mark, what did you do there? How long were you there and what, what was your what was your role? I started in 87 at the newly opened Beverly Hills store. I was living in New York, but I was hired in New York to go out to Beverly Hills, which as I was at the time was a big deal. Yeah. And the store was owned by Jerry Magnin, who had the first standing, first freestanding Ralph Lauren store. And I was there for three years and was a part of in-store changes, windows, whatever creative. So all the store display, the setups, all of that. Yeah. And then I wanted to come back and work for the corporation, so I swapped jobs with Mark Matizak, who was the window manager. That was a really great experience. I mean, I'd been doing it before, but anyway, like Joy was saying, just being a part of a team, and and at that time too, you know, there was only the mansion and there weren't as many stores, so you Right. could kind of do whatever you wanted in a way. Like we would come up with, you know, let's do the Fountainhead windows or let's do whatever, Chinatown, or you could, we could just do whatever we could think of. And you learned every, like lighting. I mean, sure, it was you were in a little box, but just the group of people and, you know, working, we would leave sometimes at nine in the morning and in the stores, you have to move the cases to get into the windows. So you would end up coming out of a little hole. <laughs> you had to be young and limber, right? Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> and Jenny, what about you? So I joined Ralph Lauren in 2005. I was fresh out of living in the South. I had moved from Atlanta, Georgia, and I knew I wanted to work in fashion. And a friend of mine told me about a merchandise coordinator position for women's uh, black label and collection. And I interviewed and I got the job. And the next thing you know, I'm in every major department store that housed women's Ralph Lauren shops. 
also in the window holes and (laughs) dressing mannequins, doing trunk shows and seminars for sales associates and really driving the business. In those days, we were sales coordinators. Um, It wasn't just visual. After about a year, my boss left her job. And the next thing you know, I took her position and um, then was managing merchandise coordinators all over the country and then traveling all over North America. At that stage, we were rapid fire opening stores at Neiman Marcus and Saks Fifth Avenue and in hotels, Sea Island, the Breakers, um, at the Greenbrier. And I left in about 2010 to pursue a career in interior design. Great. You know, one of the things that always amazed me about Ralph, and I, I touched on this in my introduction, was how many different styles Ralph Lauren home, certainly, and also in his fashion line as well. You know, very urban. He has that French flair kind of thing, the bohemian, the, the, the rustic lodge look, you know, the very sleek, sophisticated urban look. And yet he manages, it never seems phony when he does it. You know, it's a cliche to say that Ralph is a movie director, that he creates the ultimate mise-en-scene. And I, but, you know, it's a cliche because I think it's true. Um, and God knows I've even written that in some of the articles I've written about uh, Ralph Lauren home. But how do you think that he is, I mean, obviously I think he listens to his team, like you guys, when you were part of the team. I think he was open to outside influences. And I've heard this from other designers. But do you think that he just... How how do you think he managed to take all of this and put his stamp on it? Like, Joy, what do you think? I, I've always just truly felt that Ralph Lauren is the epitome of storytelling. And the way that he does it is visually. And I think the thing that creates such lineage uh, within the Ralph Lauren environment and the imagery is that it's all rooted in classical Design. There are classical elements that go throughout each of the sectors, whether it's sport, there's classic racing, you know, women's collection, there's always classic clothing. And there, there it, it isn't a brand that lives through trends. It lives through classic elements. And I think those are prevalent in home collection, men's you know, purple label, women's collection. It's a line that's carried throughout each and all of those business sectors and design silos. And I think that's what uh, enables the brand to remain current and continue to prosper. Mm -hmm. And Mark, would you agree? Because it does seem like Ralph returns, you know, cyclically, like 10 years later, he'll suddenly focus again on like country or Western, you know, or something that hasn't been at the moment. How do you think he manages that? and, 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 you know, why do you think he's so successful at it? Well, I also think he trusts his instincts and his gut. And I think he definitely listens to people around him. But there's so many things that he did before other people were even really doing it. Like if he doesn't like something, it doesn't happen. It doesn't care if it's in fashion or trendy. Yeah. Yeah, he's so true to himself. I remember uh, some home collections that were presented on 6th Avenue and, uh, you know, like Mark and Karen and all those guys, they were like killing themselves to get these rooms done. And then if he walked through and he doesn't like it, that room would not open. Right. And and those room installations were, as a press person going to see them, they were incredibly elaborate. I think people don't understand how detailed... And thought through those rooms were whether it was supposed to be a, 
a French atelier or a country cabin up in the mountains, you would walk into those installations and you felt you were there, you know? You, Definitely. You were immediately transported, and, and, yes. And, and I think that was something that was, and you know, it's interesting, Jenny, because you worked on display too, how much of display becomes design. Well, I, I think all of it. I mean, we, I even say today when I'm designing a home, just if you're just the sofa and chairs, you're like a mannequin with a t-shirt and jeans. Like you have to add on all of the layers to style and give personality. And nobody does that better than Ralph Lauren. Yeah. And, um, you know, the skills that we learned in something as simple as dressing a mannequin, it's, it applies to not just your own personal style, but um, the homes and the worlds that we create for others. Yeah. He created lifestyle branding, I think. He yeah. certainly was one of the first. I would definitely agree, you know, and I think he probably did yeah. it better than An anybody. experiential retail. Yeah. You know, you walk in and you feel like you're part of a movie, right. you know, you're part of that reel. And do you think he's he thinks that through? Is it just instinctual, Mark? Because I remember when they opened the Rhinelander Mansion, uh, and then I also was there when they opened the women's store across the street. It was a totally new building, but it looks as if it has been there since the 1850s. And I know that people criticize the company saying they spend too much money. You know, why do they have to have such elaborate installations or whatever? But I think it's probably intrinsic to his brand. Wouldn't you agree, Mark? Yeah, I definitely would. Yeah, it's just, he's not, he doesn't compromise. And, you know, I'm sure over the years, obviously there's been some compromises, but you don't even really, you're not even aware of them. I think they've really, and I know it's it's been a while, but they've been able to tr- take what starts, let's say, here and spread it all over the place. That's not easy. And everybody has different budgets, and but it's it works. Right. I think at heart, Ralph is a dreamer. And when he wants someone to walk into a Ralph Lauren environment, be it fashion, be it home, he wants you to dream yeah. too. And he wants you to walk away feeling as though your mind has been blown. Yeah. And that usually is the case. And he wants you to feel that that dream is attainable to you. Putting all of that energy and emphasis into the stores is really important because of the, that is the touch point to the client. And you you walk into the store and you're enveloped um, into whatever reality he's creating and you want to be a part of it. And, um, you know, that tends to lead to sales and creating your own world or taking a piece of that home with you. And Joe, I'd love to get a sense. I'd love to know from you if you think, because, you know, the home cycle furniture fabrics is much slower than the fashion cycle and yet he does seem to be on point with that do you think it's harder for the company to juxtapose those two different cycles you know fashion moves very quickly as we know and there's two collections a year and that's not true for home yeah i mean i think that if someone is whoever you like to wear that's an expression of often what your home environment is and i think if you are a ralph customer and you look to the fashion seasonally and the collection seasonally, you're very much inspired by that. And of course, that is later infused into home, which is typically six months 
after the fashion environment, you'll wait for it because you love it and you want it and you see it. I want it. I see it, you know, <laughs> and it just becomes like a part of your life and your lifestyle and you're willing to wait for it. And sometimes you may forget that you even want it, but you see it. But I mean, this is something that happens, I think, with fashion brands who have appendages of home collections as well. You see the fashion first, home follows later, but you see it, you want it, you'll wait for it. But a lot of fashion designers' home lines have not succeeded in the long term. This is true too, but I think, again, if you are sort of a true fan of the brand, you'll continue to support. If you've had a positive experience, uh, you'll continue to support it. And I I think it has to be a fashion brand that's coherent enough and broad enough that it can translate like Rao or Armani, for example. I mean, they have very clear visions of who they are and what they stand for. And I think if you're a lesser designer, not necessarily a lesser fashion designer, you may be an equally successful fashion designer, but it doesn't always translate to the home. And I think that's one of the fascinating things about Ralph. In fashion, you know, you're constantly wanting to change your look. You know, you might want to be in jodhpurs one day and, you know, wearing a ball gown the next. But in your home environment, it's a little bit more stable and you're not changing it necessarily as fast as you are your wardrobe. So being able to walk into the store and have that timeless aesthetic is something I think the customer really wants and, um, you know, wants that longevity. And that's why he's been so successful. Right. And it was interesting to me looking through the, the book that's coming out this month. You know, it has all of Ralph's homes in it. Montauk, New York City, Bedford, Jamaica, Colorado. And they're all so different. And I think one of the things that people think is that, you know, you have to accumulate a lot of stuff. Like we were all talking about layering rooms and creating the vision. But Ralph is very pure in his vision for each of these homes. The home in Jamaica doesn't look like the home in Montauk, which I actually had the thrill of going to to see it before we shot it when I was at El Decor. And, you know, that's kind of very laid back, almost 60s, I wouldn't say hippie, but kind of bohemian, whereas Jamaica is very grand. They're both beach houses, but they couldn't be more different and couldn't respond more differently. And yet they are definitely Ralph. And, you know, the New York apartment is so sleek and modern and Bedford is as, as British and layered as you can get. And yet they never seem, we talk about, stage sets, mise-en-scene, they never seem phony. And it's, is there a trick to that, Mark? Well, I was going to say, they, and they all feel appropriate or authentic to where they are. That's true. Yeah. That is really true. But I think it's like, you know, I, especially when you're somebody of, of Ralph Lauren's stature and success, you could do a lot of stuff. And he, he does a lot of stuff, but he never does too much. Mm-hmm. And that's what yeah. I find is, is so interesting. And a restraint. Yes. Do you think that that was innate with him? Do you think he's learned it over the years? I mean, this is a man who started out making men's ties, you know. So how how did he know? I guess it's, it's he has very good dreams, right, Joy? 
<laughs> very, very good dreams. And I think I think any of us, if we had an opportunity to have five or six homes, I think that they would each be different if they were in a particular region, because you're generally influenced by your environment. If I'm working on a project in Italy, I want that home to be representative of that environment. If, if it's in Paris, you know, you don't want an Italian house plunked down into a uh, Parisian uh, atelier, right? So I think I mean, Colorado, he doesn't want look to look like right. his Fifth Avenue right. apartment. So if you have the opportunity to continue that storytelling and to live that dream, I think by all measures, you're going to seize that opportunity. Why? Because you can. Right. Yes, you and, can. and I think he's probably a very good client. Go yeah, ahead, I think what's so interesting is with so many different styles, it's just it's so obvious that it's Ralph Lauren. And that's just a testament to how true he is to himself and his own personal aesthetic, which obviously has, you know, can go in a number of directions. Yeah. But it remains clear. Yeah. That direction that remains very, very clear. And I think that editing is what's the difficult thing is, you know, the difficult thing to sort of navigate. Like, how do you stay within that range where you continue to grow, but the thread remains common so that it's approachable to the consumer and they identify it as yours without it being so outside of the realm of your brand and your imagery? Hi, everybody. I'm Anna Brockway, co-founder and president of Cherish, and I'm here to remind interior designers that our extended return policy is ending on October 31st. For a limited time, Cherish is extending our return window for trade members only from two to a full 14 days. Don't miss the opportunity to access the best return policy in the industry. It's time to get shopping. For more information, visit cherish.com backslash trade. That's C-H-A-I-R-I-S-H dot com backslash trade. Okay, I want to switch gears a little bit here. Now, you all work there, but, you, but now you all three of you are very successful designers and you manage your own teams and your own staff. So what are the lessons you learned from working at Ralph and the various areas that you worked in, what are the management lessons that you learned that you apply today? Jenny, why don't we start with you? Hiring is one of the most important things. I think the reason why a company like this could grow to such success is that they really put a lot of emphasis on their people. And you can see that. I mean, there are people that have worked there for 40 plus years. I mean, it's really incredible. I know in women's wear, you know, we had people that had been there from the very beginning. And I think also they really empower you and give you a lot of responsibility. Everyone that works there has a really strong work ethic and shares this creative vision and mission. And working with like-minded individuals to a, a goal is an opportunity to you know really thrive in that environment. And they really allow you to do so there. And I think that's why the company has grown to the levels that it has. Um, and they really take care of their people. And that's a good lesson for us as managers, too. Yeah, I think that's crucial. Joy, what about you? More than anything, I think it uh, taught me to, to trust people and to trust that creative people can do many, many things. You don't put someone in a box and say, you're, you, you're an architect, you only do architecture. You know, you're, 
an interiors decorative person, you only do that, that you let people grow and seize opportunities because everyone's coming in with a creative spirit. And it's your responsibility to help people step outside of their comfort zone and do other things. And and I was grateful when someone helped let me jump in during a store opening and help rig and be an extra pair of hands and or help Donald the Wiki hang artwork or or do something like that beyond my normal uh, role and responsibility. And I think that that's really something that really, you know, beyond the hiring aspect taught me that once someone is there to let them do other things as well. And they promote from within, which is also incredible. And they promote from within and to trust people's creativity and their participation. But I mean, more than anything, from the human aspect of it, Ralph Lauren as a company just, I think, strengthened me as a person because three months after joining the company, my dad passed away quite unexpectedly. And the way that the company just supported me to that end when I thought my life was over many, many days to this day to my family just means so very much. And particularly with going through COVID and the pandemic, to have a real responsibility to people that they are members of your organization and you treat them like a family and you need to be aware of people's mental levels and states and give them whatever help that they may need and continue to enrich them and their lives as well. Focus on family, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's yeah. born from a great family and, and there's, there's a lot of emphasis there. Right. And Mark, you know, you left to become an interior designer, but now you have expanded. You have your furniture line. You also have deal some vintage objects and you have your beautiful textile line. You know, I think of you almost as a, a mini Ralph in a way, although it, at least it's from, from what I've seen of Mark it, it, it's, it, you don't have five different visions. You have one very particular vision. But were there things that you learned were, during your years at Ralph that you think about when you're dealing with creating your, your new products or when you're hiring, managing your team? Well, I definitely agree that I'm very open with everyone in the office. And I do believe, and I really do believe that and like Joy said, we could do, if you were willing to do it, you could do any, almost anything you wanted. I really believe in that. And it also, I also really encourage, I don't care if people are right or wrong, what, if they show me something or bring me something, I just want them to feel comfortable in bringing whatever it is, because that's how you learn. Yeah. And to be a part of, and to expose yourself to as much as you can. And I feel like if you if you expose yourself that's another way you learn. And being at Ralph was, it was constant exposure. Well, you know, I've always thought the one of the most valuable things you can do to your team is to make them feel they're being listened to. Maybe they're not being agreed with all the time, but they're being listened to. And it sounds like Ralph and his teams were very much about that. And, you know, I mean, clearly it, it, ha- it is a, a firm with a vision. It's a company, it's a house that has its own vision. But I think it's been enriched by people like you and many other, as I said, I'm always surprised how many designers I meet. I say, oh, well, yeah, I worked at Ralph for a while. And I think that they have absorbed from that. And you guys and, your, and these other designers take away things from Ralph. 
And I think that's yeah. so great. Even when we're hiring, you know, people to work for us, it's like you, you almost want someone from Ralph Lauren because you're like, you're one of us. Like you get it. You understand the work ethic and, and the commitment and the creativity and the vision. And um, so there's something in that. Well, I was going to say, they're also, they're not holding your hand per se. Like you, you're just out there. And I just think that's one of the best ways of learning anything, whether it's good or bad. So they throw you in the deep end. Yeah. Yeah. In different countries and cities. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Figure it out. Deep end in a language you don't speak. You know? <laughs> yeah. Go to, go to Denver. Yeah. Figure it uh, out. Get to Aspen. Yeah. You know, figure yeah. it out. <laughs> Uh, but that great. trust uh, is so empowering, and I think definitely. that's why so many people yeah. are successful when it come, come out of that space. Yeah, I think, and I, I get the sense from younger people that work for different companies that, that that kind of trust and that kind of listening is not happening in a lot of places. And I think it's not the norm. It's not the norm. And I think, listen, we're not going to. Sh- transform corporate America here. But I do think, you know, designers listening, these are really valuable things to think about in terms of their own staffs and teams and putting together. You know, working with creative people is not always the easiest. And hiring, as you were saying, Jenny, is so crucial and so difficult. And I've hired some wonderful people in my day, and I've hired a couple of not so wonderful people in my day. (laughs) It's very hard to tell. But I want to get a sense from you guys this is a strange question. You know, Ralph has such a, as we've been saying, such a complete vision. And it's an encompassing vision. I always say all these different styles. So when you guys went out on your own, did you feel valuable as that was? Was it difficult for you to articulate your own visions? Like, Mark, why don't we start with you? Um, well, first of all, when I went out, I kind of always avoided what I'm doing now just because I'm very quiet <laughs> in the interim. Like I, I opened the store in San Francisco and, and it really, this happened because of a good friend of mine who I met at the Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills opening. And she was an interior designer and I, one thing just led to another and she was moving offices and said, do you, why don't you share an office? And that's really how I didn't even go to school for it or so. You went to Ralph Lauren University. Yeah, that's Yeah. I mean, I was one of those kids that, you know, (laughs) was always moving things and doing all that. But yeah, I mean, luckily I have people that can fill what I, what I'm not good at, but um, (laughs) I don't even remember what the question was now, but anyway. It's like, was it hard for you to, to forge your own vision coming out of Ralph, which has such a particular vision, so to speak? It, it was a way to kind of stuff my feet into it. Um, and March is a legendary store as well. I mean, I can't tell you how many people tell me, oh, go to March, go to March. They bought this at March, you know. So, you know, good. you went from one good thing to another good thing. But now you're on your own and, you know, you're designing fabrics, you're, you're designing furniture. Do you think, does it, does it ever come to you and say, oh, I shouldn't do this as true Ralph or this isn't Ralph enough. I don't know. I don't, you know, I'm not I, I a designer, so I don't understand the process. I don't think, I don't feel like what I've done says Ralph. But no, I don't either. But was it hard for you to like distill your vision away from his? I don't know. That's a good, I, I'll have to, I, the one thing I was going to say is I, I and, and maybe this is because of Ralph too. I love not just doing one thing and all the different because it, it's all about where it is and who it is. 
you know, who you're working with and where it is and what they're looking for. And I, that's probably something I came out of there. I think it's more interesting to kind of look at you're opening a store and you're filling it with all the things that you love and you're not in thinking Ralph Lauren, you're thinking about yourself and your personal style and what you think the general public would like. And then kind of going back and being like, that is very Ralph. I can see where my education and my experience working for the firm has, you know, is reflected in my personal design. I think it's more so that it's like kind yeah, of sometimes backwards. you only look back retrospectively. Yeah. yeah. And your store is full of beautiful things, Jenny, but it's not, it's I wouldn't not walk in there and saying it's not rough. No, no. but that, but I think that's an achievement. That's why I'm saying yeah. I, I'm I'm curious about the process. How you do that? You know, like when a client, like Joy, when a client comes to you, you know, to design something. I mean, you, and you've been trained by the best. God knows you have the such an impressive resume. But how how does the Joy Moiler look evolve? Well, I mean, I've I worked at John Saladino. He has a very yeah. specific vision. Terry Despont, of course, mm-hmm. very specific. Giorgio Armani, very specific. And but I think if 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 there are any they're all wonderful designers, of course. But with respect to pieces that I can still acquire easily and pieces that I still love from, you know, working at Ralph Lauren and just continuing on, like even this glass. I mean, I just love this modern glass. You know, I use it in all my projects because I love it because I love it and it feels great in the hand. So I think when there are things that you love, you tend to go to them, but I don't have everything in the project isn't Ralph Lauren, of course, unless that's something that a client knows that I worked there Mm -hmm. and they particularly are fond of that style. And I actually did do a golf resort in Moscow and the directive was the, the, you know, the brief really was that they wanted a very Ralph Lauren Americana uh, environment. So we did use a lot of Ralph uh, pieces there. But generally speaking, you know, if I infuse a project with Ralph stuff, it's basically because I liked, you know, I like it right. <laughs> and the client likes it as well. But you don't go in trying to duplicate a Ralph Lauren Aspen house in a home that's in Italy. I do a lot of European mm-hmm. projects. And so I've prefer to sort of have that culture right. infuse right. Uh, the design direction because we do have clients that we have to, you know, work with what they like. We can't just put our own independent stamp on everything that we do. Right. But yeah, I use Ralph pieces whenever I can. Right. And I mean, the, the lighting, the furniture, I mean, it's applicable to so many situations, you know. I In global settings, and, yeah. And I guess that's part of the genius. I mean, you know, it's he's kind of like Madonna. All you have to do is say Ralph, you know, and people know what you mean. It's a one one moniker uh, star here, but at the same time, that to maintain that, as we know, achieving success is one thing; maintaining it is another. And I think what's impressive is that he keeps finding young talent and absorbing from them. And you guys learned and made such success of yourselves based on a lot of what you're training, not just Ralph, but what Ralph, what you learned at the company. And I think that's really kind of amazing. And when you look through the book, you know, the whole history of 40 years of the ad campaigns and the collections and the groupings and how broad he is, he is kind of 
singular that way. And I guess my my last question for each of you is, do you think there will ever be another Ralph? Would Is it possible? Mm. Would, would, would the world allow that to happen? I mean, we've been so, the world is so diversified, social media. Do you think there will ever again be a possibility for a design, even a, a fashion designer or an interior designer to achieve that kind of influence? Many have tried. <laughs> Many have tried. <laughs> Many have tried. Right. But, and Jenny, you were shaking your head, no? No. I, I mean, I, there, there'll be other iterations of designers that build mm-hmm. empires. and um, But he is what I believe the founder of American design. And I, I don't think that can be replicated you know, at this stage, um, obviously there's many of us, you know, present company included, um, that will go on to have our own legacies, but there's, there's only one Ralph. Yeah. And I mean, you know, they were great American decorators, God knows, you know, Parrish Hadley and all that, but nobody has done it on the mass level, the broader level, the way Ralph Lauren has managed to do that. And to make people dream that way, to see, make his dreams become other people's dreams is kind of amazing. Mark, would you? What do you? What do you see next? Do you see another a successor? Do you well, see- I was going to say too, and to be so consistent because there's you know other brands that somebody comes in and totally changes the brand. But really, just growing that media brand at the right time, and just expanding that uh, with the website and just all of that yeah. stuff, I think was absolutely wonderful. And, and I think the dream and the heat. Ralph would be the last person to say, I did this all on my own. I mean, even in the yeah. acknowledgments of the book, it's like a kind of amazing list of people <laughs> that he he thanks. And, you know, has worked on his, on the fashion and the home section. I mean, it's an amazing lineup of talent. Like, that's what we're saying. We should all replicate their HR department. Um, but I think that what you were saying about the team, Joy, is an important lesson to any designer. You know, we, we've all touched on that and, and what, and here. And that, I think, letting creative people be creative it sounds so simple, but it certainly is not. And clearly his firm, his company, the house is whatever you want to call it, is clearly genius at that, you know? So, one, okay, one, I, one final question. What do you miss most about your years from working at Ralph Lauren? Mark, let's start with you. I think the, the groups of teams, I guess the variety of things that you could do and there was no there was no limit I, I know I keep going back to that because I feel like if you wanted to do it you could pretty much do it right. and I think that's a real positive thing right right Jenny how about you uh, oh, the sample sales <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> that's uh, good <laughs> I do miss those sample sales um no I just think like the team coming together for an installation you know whether it's opening mm-hmm. a shop or or the fashion show you know that's the excitement of that and being a part of it mm-hmm. and it brings tears to your eyes when you're part of these big things and it's nice when it's on someone else's dime too <laughs> yeah exactly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. enjoy what about you 
uh, of course the teams, but right. you know, at 980 Madison, we had this big black and white checked floor and the corridors were long and it was like walking, people would walk up and down the road, you know, the walkway there and the music would be blasting mm. like on the Friday and it was like a runway and you would have folks just acting up and voguing on the <laughs> runway. Oh. I, You know, I thought that was hilarious. The M&M Bowl, you know, that was oh, really right. quite amazing. Yes, m and <laughs> An effort. Yeah, the four o'clock yeah. M&M, you know, treat. And just, I mean, it was just hilarious when we traveled together and we would just have a great time and we would always look out for one another. I think that that was an absolutely um, crucial element that shouldn't be overlooked is that when we were on the road, we were really making sure everybody was okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, it wasn't just like, oh, go to your room, bye, see you tomorrow. Right. It was right. the group dinners and just enjoying ourselves and having a good time and being productive and being right. proud of what we were doing. Right. Well, I want to thank my wonderful guests, Joy Moyler, Mark Cunningham, and Jenny Wolf. And I guess we really all salute Ralph Lauren home on its 40th anniversary. And let's hope there's 40 more. Definitely. Um, sure. Yeah. And thank all my listeners. Thank you for listening to the Cherish podcast. You've been listening to the Cherish podcast brought to you, of course, by Cherish, which was recently voted by the readers of USA Today as the best place to shop online for furniture and home decor. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend or colleague or better yet, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We appreciate your help in spreading the word. And we would love your ideas for future episodes. Please email us at podcast at cherish.com. The Cherish podcast is produced by Britta Muller and engineered by Hangar Studios in New York. Until next time. Mm-hmm.